0: Welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Brent Adams, joined by a man for whom the phrase, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but hopefully you'll like it, accurately summarizes his wedding night, Mr. Lauren Baumgarten, Lauren. <laughs> What's up, Brett Adams? What's going on, man? Um, <laughs> why,
1: why you gotta, why you always gotta talk about manhood?
0: <laughs> I, I want to apologize, not to you, not to you, mind you, but I want <laughs> to apologize. <the laughs> apologize, you should for giving the uh, the audience the low octane version of the intro. But uh, I liked
1: it. I liked I liked the smooth sounds. Mm. I thought it felt like kind of a tone, like a jazz version of the intro. Yeah,
0: as close as close to jazz as this show gets. That's I was watching The Simpsons the
1: other day, and there came an episode where Lisa started playing the sax outside on the lawn, and just these raucous thunderstorms came down. And it's this throwaway line as Homer walks into the house and goes, "God, even God hates jazz." <laughs> It was quite humorous, but I enjoyed Uh, it. Uh, Your throat hurts. You're trying to take
0: care of it. You got to rest it up so you don't have to cancel any shows. Basically, yeah. You know, I was sick. I was actually sick between our last two shows, and then I was feeling better. Was it? Was it birthday party? Is that what it was? No, no, not at all. It was just. It was just. You know, we took Z to a public playground, and then we all got sick the next day. So, (laughs) um, anyway, so I, I was feeling better when we did last week's show, and I really, I thought I was over it. I thought I'd kicked it, but I tell you, last night and then today suddenly I've got like this cough that just doesn't want to seem to quit, and I'm worried I'm getting bronchitis or something. So I'm trying to take it easy on my... Uh, uh, that's
1: fine, Brent. I can do all of the talking this mm-hmm.
0: week. That suits me. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with that. You and You can talk all about uh, the first item in the garage, which is the Life is Strange Limited Edition that uh, was just announced. That's right. The
1: Life is Strange Limited Edition announced for January 2016. Uh, Brent, have you played any Life is Strange? I can't remember if you no, picked this game up or not. I have not. You have not. That's right. Uh, it is uh, getting a lot of attention on our website in particular, Brent. There's yeah. a lot of listeners. I've seen a couple. The discussion of games of the year have begun, and Life is Strange uh, has been bantered around in our uh, in our activity feed and our forums. Yeah, and so, about that? Uh, I, I do have Life is Strange. My wife and I played the first... Um, the first chapter together, we have not gone back and played it since. We kind of were waiting. But uh, uh, they are releasing a limited edition on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Right. That includes with it a 32-page art book, director's commentary, the licensed soundtrack, and a physical copy of the game, which previously there was not a physical copy. So uh, this is very exciting, Brent. This is... Uh, a fantastic game i think there's a lot of people out there that haven't played it up to this point, and i think it's going to at least in our circle get a lot of attention um when we start talking game of the year on our website so i think this is great news
0: uh that's very cool i i it's one of those games that i've not really paid a lot of attention to but i've had a number of people ask me have you checked it out yet have you played it and uh so up until now the answer has been no but perhaps perhaps the physical edition will be Will be the thing for me to uh, to dive into, but the only thing I know about it is that you know it's released episodically, which I, I I continue to flirt with enjoying that as a uh, as a release method. <laughs> yes, anyway. indeed. Well, this Let's this maybe this may be, this may be the, about that now
1: this may be the way for you to get into it, Brian. It's going to be forty dollars, uh, and the PC version that says we'll it says will ship at ten dollars cheaper. So check it out.
0: Yeah, very cool. Uh, something that I actually have had a chance to check out, ironically enough, is the new Xbox one dashboard update. I was hanging out over the weekend with my friends, Ace and Vic, who just had whoa, whoa, wait, let me back you child. up. child. You have friends named Ace and Vic? Yeah. Ace and Victoria.
1: You, you live in a, you live in like a, a 1940s pot boiler.
0: I wish God, <laughs> um, but anyway, my friends Ace and Victoria, uh, who just had their first child, their son Calvin is now, let's see, as of today, he's nine days old. But anyway, we were going over there to, uh, to see them and uh, to meet Calvin. And uh, Ace is a, uh, he's an Xbox gamer, and he's got the Xbox One, and he was uh, showing me, he was well, he was showing me Fallout 4, which I was playing, I'll talk a bit about that later, but uh, yeah. he was also showing me the new Xbox One dashboard update. He was not crazy about it he said that he kind of liked the old one a little bit better although i'm i'm beginning to hear that maybe he's more in the minority on that
1: yeah so this uh kind of ended up on the docket brent because it was posted on our website with uh so far somewhat positive reviews and what i've seen on the internet has been somewhat positive i mean obviously you and i don't currently own xbox ones but uh, apparently this is a pretty sizable overhaul uh, to the UI as well as addition of maybe of a couple of features for uh, the Xbox Live or the Xbox One dashboard. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, you know, this might bring some amount of parity to catch it up to the ps4 um i'm just i'm totally kidding i'm kidding
0: <laughs> the xbox one gamers hate you for doing that no i'm
1: totally kidding actually the reason i put it on here brent obviously uh, a big big deal for xbox one gamers i think this is a pretty significant overhaul and also to sort of maybe foster some conversation about it because we don't talk a lot about the xbox one Yeah. but um uh and it just so happens the way it shook out in this generation for you and i um But uh, I am curious to hear what uh, Xbox One gamers think of the new dashboard, because as I said, it seems to be uh, a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, my friend Ace was saying that I think that his complaints were basically that the way that things had changed, it, it seemed arbitrary to him. But like I said, he's also, you know, he's got a newborn child, so, you know, maybe he's not had a chance to play around with it all that much.
1: And likely not sleeping very much either, and therefore not thinking very straight
0: Sleep is not going to help him think straight. (laughs) I just, Uh, I love him, but let's be honest with ourselves.
1: uh, All right. Next up, Brent, is uh, some unfortunate news for me Uh, and thousands, probably, of other gamers around the world. And that is something that happened with Green Man Gaming, which was quite a shock to me. Um, I purchased my Star Wars Battlefront.
0: Well, kind of.
1: From Green Man Gaming. I gave
0: them money, but purchase. Infers that you got something in exchange for your money.
1: That's actually that's exactly true, Brent. And as it turns out, I got an email this morning, right. which I did not see until about two hours ago, uh, letting me know that uh, the ris- the amount of people purchasing Star Wars Battlefront from G- Green Man Gaming was overwhelmingly large and more than they had expected. And geez, they're really sorry, but they don't have enough keys to satisfy those orders. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They did say keys are on their way, and that people. They said, our guarantee is that you will get a key to play Star Wars Battlefront by the end of Thursday, October 19th. So the game releases uh, on Nov- Tuesday, October no- 17th. No- November. November. I'm sorry, November. I'm sorry. Tuesday, November 17th, yes. Um, uh, and it is very possible that I won't see a game key to play this game until Thursday, November 19th, which is a, a little bit weird in, in the fact that, uh, you know, I mean, I-, I don't really understand where they get their their game keys from, right. but it's not like they're hard to produce. No. It's not like someone has to go back and you manufacture more discs. No. Um, but that being said, Brent, and this is... I, but, apparently But this they is, do
0: have to send an email, and... You uh, know, that, I, I, I honestly no, don't no, know. That, that excuse doesn't matter either.
1: I, I don't know how this happens. I don't know. I've used us Green Man Gaming for years and had excellent customer service, and I've completely always been satisfied uh, with their service, and yeah. so I am sort of I'm wants to give them the benefit of the doubt they gave uh, to satisfy those folks that are uh, suffering from this. You're going to get a 30% off coupon that can be used on any game on the website at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, apparently, I didn't realize this. something similar to this happened with The Witcher 3. Um, I didn't know it because I guess I didn't either purchase it from them or I got my code, I can't remember, but uh, apparently it happened with The Witcher 3 as well. And It's an interesting thing, and so I thought at the very least... Um, folks should know about it when you're making your purchasing decisions. I think it's important to know business practices of the companies. And I'm a big big fan of Green Man Gaming, but still I think it's important to have all the information you can.
0: I think the thing that I would wonder is whether or not this is some sort of intentional thing in order to make it appear as though the game is so popular that we've run out of algorithm-generated Keys to allow people to play the game. Like, basically, they're taking a page out of Nintendo's playbook, but they're trying to short a digital product, which is basically nonsensical. So, well, they're the, just doing the, a really the, terrible job of following Nintendo's example. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> the, uh,
1: the other theory that I have uh, seen on Reddit, of course, is that. EA and there's there's a lot of talk about how Green Man Gaming isn't an authorized reseller of a lot of the games that they sell, so they don't they're not getting their keys directly from the retailer or from the uh, publisher. And I I have no idea if that's true or not. But one of the theories was that I've uh, heard that also. Yeah, and, and so if that's true, this theory that I'm that I'm about to share, you know, wouldn't be. But some some on Reddit have theorized that EA is not facilitating them getting their. Their keys because it will you know you get the game for forty five or whatever dollars on Green Man Gaming, um, and uh, uh, you know the theory was that they might have done this so that people would cancel an order from Origin, which I have to tell you there certainly are hundreds of people on Reddit that have canceled their their orders on Green Man Gaming and just bought it on Origin for the extra fifteen bucks so they can play it tomorrow. Right. Mm, I don't so know. I don't, I don't know what the truth is, but uh, either way it looks like now they say they're sending out keys between now and Thursday, but Right now, I, you know, who knows when I'll be playing the game. So I'm going to hang back and wait. $15 extra is worth a couple of days for me, plus the 30% off. It'll end up being you know, a $30 savings for me. So I'm willing to wait. I'm not, I'm not, uh, um, I was chomping at the bit, but I can hold off. So, okay. um, All right, Brett. So the last story we have in the garage is, is a really interesting one, and one that was um, sort of out of nowhere for me, and that is uh, interactive broadcasting features in Rise of the Tomb Raider.
0: Yeah, what, what, a, uh, what a cool realization it was for me i mean i had to when i clicked on this link and watched the video i did not get what i thought i was going to like, like in no way did i expect what they were showing off which is essentially the the ability for people who are spectating on your twitch broadcast of rise of the tomb raider to interact directly with your game by voting on these various power-up cards that will get deployed in the game to do different things some of them are just cause you know like big head mode does exactly what big which
1: in and of itself was very surprising to me (laughs) well no i i I was i was not aware of any kind of like i I don't know that was i I just stared at the game thinking what
0: why (laughs) but you know it's just you know silly haha but uh you know some of them are substantial power-ups and of course there are some that make the game more challenging but uh it's a cool idea i i can't remember if there's been another game it seems to me that i thought we talked about something a a while ago that I don't know that it did exactly this, but it did. in I thought we talked about something that had this this ability for people spectating on the game to, uh, you know, to to, to kind of mess with the people playing the game. But um,
1: it does sound vaguely familiar, but I don't remember. And I, I, can't I honestly, remember what I, the other game was like you, like you. I can't remember this ever being done. And I and I and I think to myself, like, so th- there's a lot of possibilities here, and I'm actually surprised. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know this was possible. Um, and so the fact that it is. It makes me a little surprised that nobody else has done it. I, th- I think it's really, really interesting. I agree. Uh, and I think it would be fascinating for something like... I mean, the things you could do with something like a, a Rocket League, for example, yeah. where people could vote to like turn the, the playing field into ice or you know, turn the ball, turn gravity off or something in right. the middle of a game. Right. Um, could be really interesting. I was really surprised about the things that... So I, I started watching the video, and I thought, oh, this is a really cool idea. People can interact with it. And then the things they showed that people can do... Really surprised me. They just didn't seem to fit into the Tomb Raider world, and it was just we- weird to see such whimsical things.
0: Yeah, th- that's the thing. I mean, like to me, this to me this obviously breaks the fourth wall. And yes. the thing that I was thinking is, all right, what what sort of things could you do? Now, I was thinking primarily of like like playing uh, the Phantom Pain, and I was thinking, uh-huh. okay, like if you could do this in the Phantom Pain, like what sort of things? What sort of things could you do? You could, you know, you could have people. You know, so like if it was a buff, it'd be like, okay, you know, we'll call in a, uh, a a resupply drop or or maybe an airstrike or something like that. And if they were trying to mess you up, the, uh, you know, like the people could vote to, you know, call in a fucking gunship to uh, to patrol the area or uh, or just you know. Send, I was thinking like maybe a, put a trap into a building. Yeah, it, it, and just see if you walk into it or not. Right. Uh, I was trying to think of things that would basically work with within the. The kind of narrative, quote unquote, of the game right. that wouldn't break the fourth wall so much—that would, I don't know, maybe. Right, so you, maybe as the doing is more fun. Maybe the idea is that oh, it's more fun to watch this, and and you know, so it's got that tone of whimsy and fun and everything. But I, I, I like, my mind immediately started thinking of the things that you could do with this that wouldn't necessarily be silly. Right? No, I agree with you, and I think that's you, you, and
1: that's why, like, you, I think in a game like Rocket League, the silly might be sort of might, might make more sense, right? Yeah, Where it's a game yeah. that's purely about that, gameplay. That and a game like is, is suited
0: right, there. Right, but if you're,
1: if you're doing it like with a Splinter Cell game or with a, with a Metal Gear game, something that doesn't break the fourth wall, and then maybe at the end of a, a level you get to see the choices people made, and you're like, oh, that's why when I walked in that building... It had this. Th- there's that. a mine right on the inside of the door that I didn't look for. Right. or Right, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that's interesting, but it's an interesting feature. Again, I didn't even know it was possible.
0: I didn't. Uh, I didn't either. But uh, hats off to him. I, I really, I really like, not necessarily this execution of it because I just haven't experienced it, so I don't know if I enjoy it or not. But I really like the possibilities of this and what kind of doors it could open for future games. It's a really cool idea. I'm, I'm interested to see what other what other devs do with it.
1: Well, the good news is Brent, you'll be able to experience it sometime in about the end of 2016.
0: That's great. Yeah. <laughs> No, but now think about like what we could do with like our podcast. Like, like imagine if we could be doing this podcast and like the audience could vote on a mute switch for you. <laughs> and, I mean, just imagine <laughs> how much fun that would be.
1: No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I mean, I, 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 it's kind of like an RPG, right? So they could choose to mute me, but then the intelligence level of the podcast <laughs> drops by six points. <laughs>
0: course, or, or likewise, they could add things into the podcast. Like, maybe they could insert puns. You know, upon reflection, Lauren, I actually hate this. This is a terrible idea. And we should. I know. Just the just the idea of it makes me twitch. We should. We all come.
1: All right, Brent. We are back in the clubhouse, and
0: before we get into the topic, as usual, I would like you to run down the poll for us. I would be happy to. So we asked this question uh, in regards to the discussion on open world games last week. Have there been too many open world games this year? And here's how the answers shook out. In last place, with 32%, you said, no, I'll take all I can get. And tied for first place, 34% apiece, were the answers, yes, it's way out of balance, and I don't really care. So it's, I mean, it was just about a dead heat between these three answers. It could have very well been 33% to all three answers and and we would have had i think our first three way tie i can't remember yeah we've not had a three way before I don't <laughs> not, that was a uh, it was a close vote
1: obviously um some people like you will take uh, as many open world games as they can get yeah. others feel like maybe they could use a little bit more balance and
0: and a lot of and about just, just as, as many don't care. people don't
1: care. <laughs> yeah yeah so i, thought, I actually thought that cares. was a pretty interesting poll so um thanks again everybody for voting in the poll the more users the more accurate the poll is uh, next week, we'll be running a poll I'm- on Democratic and Republican candidates.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not sure if accuracy is really the word we, um, in in we this want to be. Topic,
1: in this week's topic, we are going to be talking about DLC. Yep. We're going to be talking about season passes yep. and the sales uh, of aforementioned season DLC and season passes. Yep. So the article which we're using as a springboard for this is an article that comes to us from GameSpot, titled Uncharted 4 Dev on Single Player DLC. We have no idea what we're going to do yet. <laughs> um, it's essentially, and again, this is posted by one of our listeners, it essentially talks about how... Uh, so they have announced uh, a couple of months ago, um, Naughty Dog announced that they would be doing the first ever single-player DLC for an Uncharted game for Uncharted 4, True. and it would be part of the Uncharted 4 triple pack, yep. uh, which is... I, I mean, it, they haven't used the word season pass, but it sort of is a season pass. It's $25, and you get... Three pieces of DLC, one of them being the first ever uh, single-player DLC, and then, <coughs> excuse me, and then two pieces of multiplayer DLC. Now, um, so the interesting thing here, a couple of things, Brent, we're going to talk a little bit about what is it we look for from DLC, but an interesting thing here, and, and they're not the only company to do it this holiday season, we'll talk about that too, yep. is that they are selling what is essentially a season pass uh, when they have no idea what they're doing for the DLC, or at least not for the single-player DLC.
0: Right. But is that a bad thing? Uh, and, and, and here's here's the I don't know here's the counterpoint I would make to that. If they had an idea about what they were going to do in the DLC, then wouldn't that open the door for people to criticize them for keeping content out of the main game and holding it over for the DLC? It's like, well, if you've got an idea for the you know for for the Nathan Drake thing, then that needs to go in the game, not in the DLC. So it isn't. Like, wouldn't this sort of be the correct position to have if you were a critic with that specific opinion? Uh, wouldn't the thing to put- do to be like just make the game, and then it's like, okay, now we made the game. What do you want to do for the DLC? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's certainly let's that think pers- about
1: it. C- certainly that perspective is one. I mean, there's no, there's no, there has been no shortage of people decrying the fact that um, that companies are cutting stuff out of the game to package it and sell it as DLC. Yep. Uh, or just or uh, choosing not to add it in when they could, kind of thing, right. uh, and and so certainly you know coming out and saying these are the exact things that we're doing for the DLC does sort of lend credibility to those arguments. Uh, on the other side, it does feel a bit disingenuous to sell a season pass. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront for uh, content that you have told nobody anything about just
0: complaining about how he's gonna he's gonna not get the game for 48 hours. Uh, that's true. I want to play
1: the game. What I'm not rushing to do is buy a season pass of w- for which they have detailed nothing. Yeah, uh, EA, EA uh, and dice also did the same thing. They've been selling a $50 season pass. For Star Wars Battlefront, which until a week ago, the game comes out tomorrow at the time of this recording, until a week ago, there were no details at all about what that content would be. They have now announced that it will be uh, four DLC packs, including up uh, 16 maps uh, in new locations and four new um, heroes and villains. Uh, I believe it's probably two heroes, two villains, but... Um, uh, so they've at least begun to talk about what it is, and it's of course in line with what Battlefield used to do, but they haven't talked about what that content is. And so I, for one, even if I love the game, would never buy it because if it turned out to be the Clone Wars, I don't know that I would be interested. But if it's Cloud City, uh, I, I certainly would be right. interested, that sort of thing. And so, um, so there is the perspective of it's interesting to be standing out there asking for money without giving any details about the DLC itself, but... I mean, I, I I guess they they sort of do this with games, right? I mean, they talk they they put up pre-orders for games like Tomb Raider or, and I'm not saying Tomb Raider did this or Battlefront, where they don't really talk specifics about the game at the time they put up the pre-order. But
0: um, no, I, I I mean, if if anything, it seems to me that it's more advantageous for them uh, the less you know about the game when you when you give them your pre-order money. I mean, they they want that as early in the process as possible and it it seems to me that it's kind of designed to get your money before you know too much
1: yeah uh, indeed but uh, so it is but it does feel it does feel a bit weird to say that they have no idea what it's going to be particularly and they allude to this one in the article in the GameSpot article when they've sort of i mean they they openly say like we've sort of said this is the end of the Nathan Drake story right. this is where we intend to end it so that kind of leaves us in a weird place with what are we going to do for single player DLC? Yeah. Um, I would guess there's a good possibility it might be Sam or it might be Elena. I don't know, but um, it
0: might happen earlier or, or in Sully. Time chronologically, or, could yeah. yeah. Um,
1: but it does kind of bring you to the idea of um, you know what do you what do you look for in DLC or what do you want in DLC? And, and a good example of of DLCs that I've enjoyed that I think you could have planned or some ideas of ahead of time uh, without sort of Uh, necessarily working on them and therefore not, as you suggested, impacting your, your build of the game, um, or feel, or at the simultaneously and wouldn't feel like you were cutting out part of the story. Some of my favorite DLCs have been thematic DLCs, like for example, undead nightmare uh, for red dead redemption, which was essentially a, a Halloween piece of DLC. Yeah. Uh, what, for Undead Nightmare. What was
0: the name of the one for Sleeping Dogs? Nightmare in North Point or something like that? Um, uh,
1: yes, something very close to that. Or likewise, um, uh, you know, one of the p- best pieces of DLC ever made, Blood Dragon, right? Right, it's just an absolutely brilliant thing. Where, that,
0: well, that, well, that that wasn't DLC because it it was a standalone game. No, you're right. It, it, well, it it, it well. I and mean, and I, to I, be fair, Undead both. Nightmare it was, it was like both somehow. Right,
1: right. It well, I mean, it was DLC or an expansion, yeah. but you could play it standalone, just like Undead Nightmare ultimately was able to be played. Oh,
0: that's right. I forgot about that. They they did do that down the road, didn't they?
1: Yeah. Um but I so I so, no, so when you talk about like what do you want from DLC, I find those kind of things really interesting when they play with games like uh, and not a lot of companies do that. The Undead Nightmare, the Blood Dragon, uh the Nightmare in North Point kind of thing or the or the uh the other one for uh um Sleeping Dogs as they did a take on Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh which I thought was just an absolute awesome uh, uh an awesome idea and a perfect marrying for the IP, right? Um so those kind of dLC's I think are fantastic I do think you know it's su- it's such a weird thing Brent because we're old enough you and I to remember dLC when it when DLC was not they had no finances tied to it yeah. uh, and it typically was just extra content they were making usually for multiplayer games at the time um, yeah but they
0: would just patch in new content
1: right they would add some maps they would continue to support the game for a while and they would add maps they'd add new weapons or whatever just to improve upon the game right um and certainly, you know, the younger generation playing games probably probably doesn't remember that experience, and so expectations are different. I think even, of course, our expectations are different at this point. Sure. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, the way I look at it, it depends on, it depends on what you're charging um, and, and, and what the implementation is. I mean, I prefer, I would rather pay 10 or 15 bucks and get some significant thing like Undead Nightmare. Um, that's maybe another five, six, seven hours of content kind of thing. Right. I, I personally, I don't know about you, but I, I personally am not that interested in skins usually.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. usually go for skins or weapons or anything like that. I, it, I mean, yeah. it happens on occasion, I guess. But
1: I did it for, I did it for, uh, I did it for Rocket League. You know, I bought, paid two bucks for a couple of cars. If if I hadn't, if I didn't have a car I loved, I would a hundred percent. And I know you would if you were playing this game. Pay a dollar ninety nine for the Delorean. Yeah, yeah, uh, for real. you know that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. What do you look for, Brent? I mean, is
0: there anything in particular that you look for when you look for DLC? I guess a substantive experience. I, I don't buy a lot of DLC because I guess I don't often feel like I, I see that. Um, I, I typically point to Rockstar as being the the DLC that that I think has risen to that level and has really added something. Has has you know typically come from Rockstar, either Undead Nightmare or the uh, the two big expansions for uh, Grand Theft Auto 4. Yep, um, both of
1: which were several hours of gameplay. Yeah, and,
0: and I guess I guess that's what I want. I mean, you know, when when I play a game, and it, it's actually one of the things that I like about open world games that I often feel is underexploited. But you have this you have this huge you know game world that you've spent all this time creating, and it seems to me that you could just go on creating content and stories within that open world almost infinitely. I'm I mean, you know, like why why does your average Arkham game last so many hours and then and you know then it's over? I mean, like things like Harley's Revenge, uh the DLC for Arkham City, I'm like, you could be doing like you could do one of these every month of the year and charge, I don't know, you know, six, seven dollars for it. And I would fucking buy it. Like, yeah. It, the problem with those is that they're the
1: the ones that they, and I think Arkham, the Arkham series is probably. I was just thinking this as you were talking, is probably the one that I think has missed the opportunity more than any other single series. Um, you know, things like I, I you know, when you first got to play Catwoman, that that was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it was great. And they
1: never, and so they should have built whole fucking
0: out a DLC that's like nothing but like Catwoman adventures.
1: Absolutely. But so they put out Harley Quinn, which was about two hours, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and I think I think. You know, six seven bucks, and it wasn't that great either. No, there was nothing like. Well,
0: you were playing as Robin, so I mean, how could it be great?
1: The, you know what I mean? Like, I think they could have done wonders with that, putting you in the shoes of other heroes or villains. No,
0: you're you're totally right. Um, I mean, they
1: they have messed with uh, like things like New Year's Eve and Christmas, which are I love when holidays are innovated in games like that. They
0: could have done other.
1: You know, Halloween DLC kind of stuff, or Fourth of July DLC. I, know, I mean, like, they
0: could have done like a whole like Christmas thing, where like I don't know, there's like a like a building with people having a Christmas party, and then. <laughs> like I don't know, like terrorists or something, like kind of take over the Christmas party. Yeah, and right? Oh, that actually, that, th- that would be that would be awesome
1: DLC, dude. A diehard DLC. <laughs> like, what a great, you know what I like, mean? But it's that like th- Bruce Wayne, just it's, it's like,
0: like Bruce Wayne is at this party. No, you he know that would have his bat been, suit, and so Bruce Wayne goes John McClane on.
1: I well, so I what I was thinking yeah. was that would have been a perfect match for Max Payne. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah if Max totally Payne true. three, if they had done yeah. a piece
1: of DLC, Max Payne three took place in Brazil, and it was an awesome setting. Right. Right. And they could have done a piece where he went back to New York or back to L.A., excuse yeah, me, and for- done like a Nakatomi Tower thing. He's a he's a perfect, you know, as close as I think right now exists in video games in terms of uh, icon protagonists. Yeah. Uh, would have been awesome to do like a John McClane DLC. That's a perfect thing.
0: So I, that's the thing. Like I I get excited about the the ideas that I have sometimes for DLC, but it seems that so rarely companies are. Are doing that? I mean, you know, like I want shit for you know fucking Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm like Jesus Christ. If you could do, you could do anything with this. I, I mean, you know, you could you could write a whole new string of missions that take place within the world. You could do something. You could do something that would like really change the game system in its substantial ways. Like, okay, uh, you could do something where civilians start coming back into Afghanistan, and so you you've now got the Soviets are there, but you know, there's also the locals that are starting to come back in and there's this sort of balance of power thing going on where you have to try to like win the support of the locals and get them to you know give you intel or something on the soviets or vice versa like if if you know if you're doing things that the locals don't like they might start informing the soviets on your movements i mean like there's like all these there's all these interests and i understand that maybe that's unrealistic because it would it would change like it that would require fundamental changes to the game system but you know even even without that there's always like in my mind there's always like other stories to be told and or other things that you can do and it doesn't require the generation of new content and that's it's one of the reasons that I think that open world games ought to do more you know kind of story expansions that they do because it seems like a waste to have created all that and and to, and to not continue to exploit it which which you could do and and some at least some people like me would be very very happy to uh to to pay for for basically fresh content in that world, so that's the stuff. That's that's what I want out of DLC. As far as like, just to kind of come back to the uh, to the Uncharted Four thing as we wrap up, you know, I think that them saying that they have no idea what they're going to do yet, it maybe is just a stark piece of honesty that people are not used to getting from game devs or publishers. But you know, them just saying, "Look, we you know we have no fucking clue what we want to do," and I think that. That's probably the case more often than not. It's just that developers don't say that that's the case. But um, I don't know. I, I don't really... I guess that I don't really fault them for saying that. I appreciate them being honest about it. Maybe it's not the best idea from a marketing standpoint, but frankly, I, I would rather they just be straight up with us and tell us what's going on. And f- as far as the season pass goes, like that's kind of a separate thing. Like I'm not going to buy... I'm not going to buy the season pass for the game unless I know exactly what the details are. Right. And so obviously they don't have that yet, so I'm not buying the season pass. But once they know exactly what's going to be in the season pass, once they've got the single-player DLC figured out, then I'll be happy to take a look at it. And if I think it's worth my time and my money, then you know maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll buy it. But I, I guess, I guess that's, the, that's the thing. I think that the fundamental thing about DLC and season passes and all that, and pre-orders too, the fundamental problem I have is I don't like people saying, give us your money and then trust us on it being a good experience. Like, you know what? Prove to me it's a good experience and I'll give you my money. And, and I, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, you know, like I want to watch, you know, like I want to watch fucking Star Wars Episode 7 before I pay for it to make sure it's a good film. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you got to sell me on it. Like you got to show me a string of trailers and TV spots that gets me excited about it and willing to take the risk but don't ask me to pay for a ticket two years ago when you announced that you're going to make the movie that's that that's the thing that like dlc and all that that's the thing i don't like i don't like the give me your money and then i'll show you what you get
1: unless you're jj abrams and remaking star wars
0: yes and, i mean an exception can be made for that <laughs> obviously All right, guys, we're going to hit the road and talk about some of the games we've been playing this week. I'm going to start off talking a little bit about Fallout Four. Fallout Four, you say? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, I was, I've heard of that game. I was over at my friend uh, Ace, visiting with his wife and his son. I wish uh-huh. it was Ace Freely. Jesus. <laughs> um, I'd like I would like like rub my hands like on his back and try to soak up some of the talent. Actually, that sounded weird in hindsight. <laughs> ah, fuck it, I'd, sit, a, I'd still do it. Fuck it, I don't care. It, it sounded weird as you were saying it's, it it's as well. Freely, I don't give a shit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So Fallout Four, yeah, but uh, I, I did. I got to play fifteen or twenty minutes of Fallout Four. You know, not yeah, not enough to not enough to, to really feel like I know what the game's about. But you know, got got a little bit of the uh, the combat. uh Really, really dug the crafting. Like Ace was taking me through and like showing me like how the crafting system works, how you can, uh you know, gather raw materials get components and things like that to put into weapons, how you know, like if you want if you're gonna make like a, a new stock or something for this, you need these raw materials which you have to have scavenged from other things. And then also the base building and how the base building works and resources, food, water, all that, you know, to have people in there. And it was it was remarkable. I mean like it really it was exciting. I have to say that as as interested as I was in Fallout 4 to actually See those things put into practice, and to and to have Ace kind of explaining it, you know, from from a firsthand perspective, it got me excited, and it was it also really got me interested at how much of how much of it was familiar from playing Fallout Shelter, like how much of particularly like like the the base stuff it was like, oh yeah, this is kind of like the way they do it in Fallout Shelter. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know, it you have very similar concepts, and so it was cool. I, it it definitely. It definitely got me interested in the game. It's not like I wasn't dis, or it's not like I was disinterested in Fallout. The only reason I didn't get it is because I just thought, you know, I I don't want to stop playing Metal Gear Solid Five yet, and I want to play The Witcher Three before I move on to another big game, and you know that kind of thing. But man, it it, it really, I don't know, like it it really really got me excited for it in a way I hadn't been prior.
1: That's awesome, man. I, I, I also had time a little bit of time to play Fallout Four this week. I think I got about seventeen or eighteen hours yep. uh, into the game. Um, uh and, and here's a conclusion I've come to, Brent. This is gonna be a spoiler free discussion okay. uh, for the most part, part There might be, you know, little, little tiny spoilers about the first, you know, thirty minutes of the game they, kind of thing. But you
0: know, they detonate a nuclear weapon. I mean, they, yeah, right, just, yes, that's right. I'm um, just gonna say that. So
1: so and and I'll let you know if I'm going to start talking about stuff if you absolutely don't want to hear anything. Okay. Um, although at that point, at this point, you should well, probably. Listen, s- I mean, skip forward. I but. absolutely don't want to hear anything from you. The, <laughs> the totally different. But, absolutely, totally different. Okay. Uh, so here's the conclusion I've come to, Brent. Fallout 4 is not actually a video game. Okay. That is that is the, the conclusion that I've come to. Fallout 4 is not a video game. It's actually a drug. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and I'm not really I can, kidding. I can Actually, see that. I can see it, it's that. It's not it's not so much that it's a drug, it, it, but it's, I'm not sure it's a video game. I I really truly believe it is an addiction simulator software. Right. Um, I will tell you that the gameplay I mean, in at Fallout some point, Four stops
0: simulating addiction.
1: That's correct. It just the addiction. and I'm dead serious about this. And I'm curious to hear what people think. The gameplay in Fallout Four is wholly mediocre. Um, the The gunplay, while better than Fallout Three, yeah. is not very good. Uh, the it's I mean it, it's 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 okay, it's passable, but passable. The graphics, as you know, are not that great. The character models are awful. The um, I, I did I did uh, use one of the uh, SweetFX mods, and, and the colors look much much better. But um, uh, I have had two or three crash to desktops. Um, the uh, walking and jumping. Are mediocre. Mm-hmm. The um, uh, the actual game mechanics of the game are not that great. However, it is like the world's giantest bag of potato chips or whatever that you just you sit down to play it for five minutes, you, and four hours later, at three in the morning, you're like hitting you the still, intercom and you going,
0: just, "Mom." More chips!
1: You just, just want to go. You just I'll, For some reason, all I could think about when you said that was Red Rocket, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen that South Park uh, I, no, uh, I, well, reference. I, I was
0: doing the South Park, but I was doing the Hot Pockets one where they, so there's where a World of Warcraft. You, Mom, more Hot
1: Pockets! So there's these gas stations, and mild, mild, mild spoilers, there's these gas stations uh, in the wasteland, and they're called Red Rocket. Yeah. And at Red Rocket is where you find uh, dog meat, the dog, right, right. Uh, and, a, and there's a clip from uh, South Park where uh, Eric Cartman uh, <laughs> beats off a dog, and the whole time he's sitting there going, Red Rocket, Red Rocket, nice. Red Rocket, until the dog makes milk is what nice. he thinks he's doing, uh, and so I've seen multiple people post about that. but um, I, love, so, I love that show. Uh, so you find yourself over and over just going, oh, I just want to get, like, if I can just get level up. You know, I'm so close to, yeah. to leveling up to this level, Spirit or stick, I just need like three more aluminum. And if I can get those three aluminum, I can, do this. I can upgrade that chest plate to have, you know, this many hit points, or I can put pockets on my, my, uh, my chest armor, or uh, that kind of thing. And, and it is, you're like constantly. And, and the weird thing is, it's not as much about the building mechanic and the settlements as I thought it would be, because as many people have pointed out, you can totally ignore. The settlements and the building mechanic, and you can even start to uh, you can even start to build things like I have. So at this point, I have um, I have probably I don't know maybe uh, ten settlements or so, but I'm not really managing actively the ten settlements, and so many of them have gone into disrepair yep. or they don't have enough food or whatever. But I'm not getting like alerts. My people aren't committing Harry Carry. They're
0: not, like... Or if so, they are, so, they're not telling you about it.
1: Or they're not telling me about it. So it's kind of... Which means
0: uh, they actually want to kill themselves. It's not like a, it's not a cry for help suicide thing. They want to be free from you so, um, and your poor management of their lives. A
1: couple of very minor spoilers again. Uh, I am doing stuff like uh, adhesive is, like, the thing in the game yeah. <laughs> that you can't find, right? Yeah. Um and there's a way to actually farm materials and then put them together to make vegetable starch and that vegetable starch is worth 5 adhesive oh, that's so
0: good. I, I really thought I, you were going to say you could you can create a horse farm and
1: <laughs> kill and gluify the horses <laughs> not not that I know yet although it would not surprise me if you could Brent I have got think about this glue Lauren needs more horse So Fa- Fallout 4 has it, it is it's it's like a, a a honed refined carbon copy of Fallout 3 and skyrim had a baby um which for many people is going to be amazing and i'm totally enjoying it Mm -hmm. but i am starting to feel like i i I, the, the main story is like essentially meaningless um uh the the uh that's the other piece of it the main story is essentially meaningless but i've i've happened into what would be equivalent to skyrim dungeons where i've gotten lost i went into a a building in boston somewhere walked in just to see what was in there yep. and spent the next 90 minutes in that building Damn. like working my way through the building finding things and then you find something and you're like "Ooh, mm. what if i find one more thing and oh what if i right All and I it have just to keeps do is not sleep and go to work tomorrow and it is one of the most addictive games i've ever played with it just like, it's just like Skyrim. It's got very little redeeming... That worries me a little bit. Cause ...gameplay mechanics. Man, I,
0: I played some Skyrim.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think you will Fallout as well. I mean, it's got... It, it's interesting. Now, Skyrim, for me, was one of my first forays into like a real fantasy game mm-hmm. and the music and everything. That, that ended up being, I think, a little bit more appealing than the world of Fallout is to me. Um, yeah, the world, but, the world of
0: Skyrim is very appealing. Yeah,
1: it was for me too. As was the music and so forth. So uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, so I just uh, you know, but it's uh, you know what's great about these games is that you can do whatever the shit you want. And so I, I had played like seven hours of the game, and I was having this one experience. And I talked to my buddy Aaron, who also played the game, and he walked out of the vault and basically took a left turn huh. and said and just walked and like he wasn't doing story missions or whatever. And he's like, for, as an example. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm just getting my ass handed to me everywhere I go. And I was like, so are, like, is dog meat not helping you at all? And he's like, dog meat? What dog do you meat? mean? I haven't gotten dog meat. I, and I got dog meat in like the first 30 minutes of the game. Right. right. And he just didn't go have that experience right away because he went in a different direction. Fundamentally changed the first seven hours of his game. Right. Right. Um, So it's really interesting. I had read a couple articles at a time. I built my character up with very high intelligence, like an eight intelligence. I think a six charisma to start off with. And then something like a three, three, I think it was three, three, two for strength, perception, and endurance. Uh, A six for charisma, uh, something like a a three, or I'm sorry, uh, an eight for intelligence. What about luck? um, And then agility and luck I went low on also. I I think I went three, two. Uh, on that and now i've built up my strength to about a five i built up my charisma more Uh, i want to get to the perk where you point your gun at, at people and they cower and maybe even join your fight that's the level 10 charisma um i've unlocked a few of the the perks you know it's an interesting uh decision between unlocking a perk or adding a special point um so yeah it's i mean i've had a tremendous amount of fun brent for 17 hours but i'm honestly coming to a place where I could see stopping playing the game potentially in another few hours because I am at the point where I'm feeling like it's p- like story isn't driving me and pure gameplay, like the gameplay itself, the shooting, the running, the jumping, that isn't driving me either. As a matter of fact, it's, it's annoying me quite frequently. But um, uh, the, it's, it's just the RPG, the looting mechanics and the RPG mechanics that are keeping me going pure and simple. And, so, right. and, and, and frankly, Brent, if I stopped at 20 hours... I would feel like I more than got my forty five dollars worth yeah. of of joy out yeah. of this game, um, and, and I don't know. I could end up playing it for another sixty at the same time. It's just it's an interesting, it interesting. Game. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, we'll see. Battlefront obviously comes out this week. I'm very much looking forward to getting into some something that's more gameplay oriented and yeah. a little more social. And I still need to finish up Assassin's Creed. And I will say it's interesting. It puts Assassin's Creed into a little bit of perspective because I find that. Uh, I, I'm actually looking back longingly at the enjoyment I got of the actual fighting in Assassin's Creed, um, which in and of itself isn't yeah. necessarily the best fighting in gaming. N- never something but compared I thought
0: to, I would hear a human being say.
1: Compared to Fallout, it's wonderful. Mm. Um, so, uh, interesting game. I know it's funny because uh, and I think Rowan actually posted on... Uh, our activity feed about, like, every basically every goddamn thing on this feed is about Fallout, yeah. uh, which I thought was funny because uh, because for the longest time, everything on that feed was about Metal Gear Solid. Yep. Uh, and as somebody who wasn't playing Metal Gear Solid, for a while, was there, he I was like, yeah, come on, stop posting about Metal Gear. And now it is. I mean, it's just been the internet is just saturated with Fallout 4. I don't want to have 4. my decision
0: to walk away from the game challenged. Ah. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, that's what it is. I don't like to be challenged. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> I am playing on
1: hard. Speaking of, I am playing on hard. Oh, good for you. Um, we will... I, re- I um, really don't care,
0: actually, but... The, uh,
1: we will... Uh, uh, I will talk more about specific missions and stories, because that's a lot about what games like Fallout and Skyrim are about, about sharing some of the awesome experiences yeah. that you sort of stumble upon in the wasteland. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I will talk more about that. I don't want. I didn't want to get into it for the first few weeks. I want to let people sort of get through it, and then, of course, I'll put spoiler tags on stuff as we talk about it in the future. But uh, yeah, that's about the long and the short of it, man. I am. Uh, I am loving it. I'm hating it, and I'm jonesing for it all at the same time.
0: Well, good for you.
1: Okay, I'm not hating it. I'm loving it. It sometimes not loving it and jonesing for it all the time.
0: I was gonna. I was gonna say it. It, it does sound like you have a complex relationship with the game.
1: <laughs> well, i do the, God the damn way it.
0: some people have a complex relationship with methamphetamine
1: yeah if you could see me right now you'd see me actually slapping the inside of my elbow yeah. trying to find a vein so i can mainline some fallout that's
0: right baby yeah uh i'm right there with you i mean i got no room to talk because uh I'm still playing metal gear solid 5 obsessively i got into this interesting thing which i don't know i'm i'm kind of thinking about Maybe doing like a YouTube video, or maybe like even a series of YouTube videos. But as you kind of have pointed out, like, I, like I'm late to the party. I mean, like, Metal Gear Solid Five has kind of run its course. Now people are on the Fallout Shelter, and who cares, right? But here's the thing. So I'm done. I'm 100% done with the main story missions in the game. I'm sitting somewhere like 83, 84% overall completion. <laughs> I'm going back. And as as I talked about last week, I'm going back to to missions and do okay. Like now, I'm going to get seven out of seven objectives, and you know, make sure I'm I'm finding everything I'm supposed to find, and you know, that kind of stuff. So in the course of doing this, I got into this whole mindset of okay, so I want to do, I want to like go back and replay these missions. I want to get 100 yeah, percent. and just to, just to explain for for people who might not know, uh, if you've got let's say six objectives in a mission. In in Metal Gear, you go in and you do like there's objectives you have to accomplish. Like you have to do this one thing, and then you have to extract this person, and and that will basically allow you to complete the mission. And the other four are optional. So if you go back in and play it a second time, you maybe do two of the optional things, and then they count. And then you could go back in and play it a third time and do the last two, and now you've got a hundred percent completion on that mission. So it it, it you know it, it retains the previous objectives that you've accomplished. And I just made this kind of challenge for myself. It's like, well, I want to get 100% of the objectives accomplished in a single playthrough and get an S rank in the mission because I'm okay. I'm sick in the head. <laughs> yeah. And so I start doing this, and I start thinking about it. I'm like, you know, it's, I seem to remember that there were some missions that like, like seemed like some of the optional objectives were... You you know we're in conflict with each other. Like you wouldn't right, be able to do the this. the opposite of each like, other. Like like I like I was thinking like it seems like there was a mission where you have to kill somebody and then like another objective is you extract them. You know you can't do both. It would, it, would, right. it would be one or the other. So I was kind of thinking, well maybe maybe some of these missions it's just impossible to do. Like there'd just be no way to do it. But I'm going to try and do it anyway. And so I got to mission number nine, back up, back down, which uh, is the mission where you have a time limit, and you have to eliminate armored vehicles in, in a, a large area of the map in a certain time. Okay. And that mission is remarkable in the optional objectives for it are so disparate from the main objective, and they really don't give you any fucking clue that the optional objectives are even there. Like The main objectives are you have to you know, eliminate these armored vehicles, and the, and the more you eliminate, the more show up. Uh, so you can, you know, you can, you only have to extract one or, or to eliminate one to accomplish the mission, but you can do like up to seven or something like that, depending on how quick you are. The only clue that there's anything else kind of going on is at one point they say, oh, there's a prisoner being transported in a Jeep. It's not part of the mission, but if you have time, maybe break him free, which you do. But now the optional objectives for this are like, you have to free six prisoners, you have to take out. You have to extract four guards looking for an escape prisoner, and it's like, and I, and like the prisoners are just like out wandering the desert. Some of them, like some of them, like like there's one like way up on top of a mountain, like off to one corner of the map. One's wandering through the desert in the other corner of a map. One's you know like uh, he's he's going down the stream somewhere else, and then the other two prisoners are literally just. You know, like in their fucking cells at like two of the bases that happen to be within the mission area, and and like there is no indication whatsoever of this. You just have to like find it, or or in my case, you have to you have to read about it online and say like well, Google what? it, right? Yeah. But anyway, like the, the 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 optional objectives for this mission are crazy and have nothing to do with the main mission, ostensibly. So. I started thinking about this and I'm like, you know, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a way that you could do this. I don't think there's a way you could do all this. Like there's just too much to do and not enough time to do it. And uh because like one of the prisoners, like the one on the jeep, he'll he'll eventually leave the mission area and then you can't get to him. And then another one of the prisoners who's wandering, the one that has the four guards after him, eventually they catch up to him and shoot him. So so there's a time component. Yes, yeah, so, so that in, in, in a mission that's already time-sensitive, right. you've got time crunch. So I was talking with Ace about this, and I was like, you remember this mission? I was like, I'm trying, to th- I'm trying to figure out a way, like, you know, if you could do this, like, all in one go. And he said, well, he's like, all you have to do is, like, if you used a rocket launcher, I mean, you could be, like, 500 meters away. And, you know, like, if you've got line of sight, you could take out the tank. And then, you know, you could, like, kind of be close to one objective, but, like, take out the tank from, you know... Mile for another away, objective, right. And then, you know, do the objective, and then, you know, just get, get in a spot where you got line of sight and take out the next tank. I said, yeah, but I don't want to destroy the tanks. I want to extract them. And he looked at me, and he's like, that's impossible. He's like, there's no there's no way you can extract all those tanks and and still, you know, get to that guy, because he's on the opposite side of the fucking map. Like, there's no way you can do it. And impossible sounded like a challenge to me. <laughs> I knew- uh, so go ahead. I want to know. Did you did have you watched anybody do this on YouTube? Okay, so here's what I did. I I sat down and I spent about four hours Saturday night, just doing different. You know, just like starting the mission, restarting the mission, and trying different things, and just seeing what I could do. And eventually, I hit upon a strategy. That I mean, it, it like it's time crunch. I mean, there's like there's like a 15 second window where it's like you got to like you got to do. All this stuff, you got to like, ride the horse through this area, not get hung up, not get spotted. you got a 15-second window, and that's it. Like, you know, if, but if you can do all this stuff and then make it to this point on the map, you'll have 15 seconds to get ready, and you can extract the vehicle, and, and I, I did it. Like, I, I figured out a way to extract every single vehicle, and, which, which triggers like a secondary thing that happens in the mission, where like, they send in like, a gunship and three tanks to come after you, and then you got to extract those two. But anyway, I figured out a way to do 100% of the objectives uh, or within one playthrough and not use rocket launchers on any of the, on any of the vehicles. Extract, you know, Fulton extract everything. And so last night I went on YouTube and I just thought, well, has anybody else done it? Like, have I just figured out something that everybody knows? And I went online and started like, looking at people playing through this mission. And it was like some of the sloppiest shit I've ever seen in my life you know and like people are like like they're just like running around they're getting spotted constantly they're triggering combat alerts like constant reflex modes and but because you get so many points for doing all the objectives it still gives you an S rank even though you're playing really sloppy and so that and like that's what people were doing they're like oh yeah you know i got an S rank on this and i got all the objectives but they're all destroying the vehicles none of them are doing the Fulton extraction on 100% of the vehicles and, um, so I was thinking about like doing a playthrough of this and I was going to call like, I was trying to like, think of like what I was going to call it. Like It was going to be like the bragging rights addiction or perfection is a disease addiction because like, I'm going to do it like extract 100% of the vehicles in the first half of the mission, hundred percent of the tanks in the second half, which is, which is an objective. You have to do that. Uh, total stealth, no reflex modes, no alerts. And basically I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm just going to like masturbate on YouTube and be like, look what I can do. But uh, anyway, I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with like some sort of like name for this, whatever this series of videos will be. But I'm going to, I'm going to post this because it's just, I've not seen anybody else do it and it took some figuring out. So I'm at least going to, I'm at least going to share, I don't know, the depths of my madness, I guess. <laughs> the, 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 certainly the word uh addiction
1: madness yes absolutely yeah. uh that's that's uh disturbing and painful
0: actually <laughs> to listen to.
1: it really it really is uh with that Brent, let's i think we should ride off into the sunset yes, quickly um uh, i do want to see that video though i do think you should make I'm, it i'm going to i, I i've uh, put enough
0: time into figuring it out like i'm at least going to get uh, that, that you at
1: least do um all right, Brent. Into the sunset this week, I have something for... We are on the verge of Thanksgiving in here in the United States, which is the third Thursday of the month of November. Uh, you all know that because that's when everything in the country goes on sale. So yep. um, sale giving this, this month or uh, uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that crap is going to be ramping up soon. And uh, my Into the Sunset is about New Egg's Black November sale. There's an article here about it with details for you. Uh, if you are interested in getting into PC gaming or upgrading your rig, the New Egg sale uh, during November, Black Friday and Cyber Monday is an excellent, excellent way to do it. Uh, they did it last year and had a huge response. So uh, there will be a link in the show notes. You can click on it, check it out. A lot of the uh, deals are already uh, not necessarily active, but they're previewing the deals for you. Uh, so it's that time of year, Brent. Time to look for some shit to buy on the Internet. Yay. Uh, do not go to the store, but Newegg is a good place to do it. So check it out.
0: All right. Um, from my end of the sunset, I want to talk a little bit about this. Uh, this thing that uh, that made it to Kotaku and IO Nine. Uh, it's a Optimus Prime figure that uh, somebody did. You know, from like Transformers Devastation, that sort of G one cartoon style. But uh, you look at pictures of this thing and you swear you're looking at a screenshot of the game, but it's not. Like it's a physical figure that somebody made but like the the paint job on it creating that cell shaded look is amazing. I mean it is fucking killer. And I saw this and I got I got so amped until I realized that um that it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't for sale. <laughs> um so anyway, I am like basically I'm like really hoping that ma- somebody, somebody listening to this will start making them. Yes, yeah, some, somebody needs to like start manufacturing this. Uh, it's done by uh, I don't know if it's Lek or L E K Custom Toys, but uh, anyway, they did this. Uh, they did this Optimus Prime with the trailer with this fucking energon axe with with the uh, roller. There's also a um, a picture down at the bottom that's got Soundwave with uh, like you know all the cassettes Rumble Ravage Laserbeak and. Uh, and Soundwave's, uh, his cassette player mode, it's fucking crazy, I mean, like, honestly, like, I'm kind of out of the toy collecting at this point, like, I don't I don't really do a lot of it anymore, but I would be so all over this, I mean, I would, I, I cannot tell you how much money I would pay to have these sitting on the shelf above my, uh, above my computer, anyway, um, really, really awesome, probably never gonna own them, probably can't afford to own them, but, uh, man, they are fucking cool to look at, so, That's my end of the sunset.
1: All right, man, that's pretty cool. So our end of the sunset, or excuse me, our ride-along this week while we're heading into the sunset from our listener of the show comes from Z Goten, or Z Goten. Z Goten writes in and says, I want to give a shout-out to the guys and gals from Larian Studios, the makers of Divinity Original Sin. About two weeks ago, they released an enhanced edition of the original game, which comes with a lot of additions like improved performance and graphics and additional difficulty settings, as well as fully voiced dialogues. Oh, they added split-screen co-op, too. Hey, cool. What I really like about the Enhanced Edition, however, is that everybody who bought the original version gets the new one for free. I just found this out accidentally today and, and now really eager to play the game. I had never finished Original Sin, in part due to lack of voice acting, but I'll definitely give it another go now. I just think that this is an excellent move on the developer's part. Too many times, games are being re-released with additional contents and features that you can only get if you buy the new version. Cough. <coughs> Street Fighter 4. <IV. coughs> Cough. Nice. But the Divinity team shows everyone how to treat customers fairly, and I love that. I remember CD Projekt Red doing pretty much the same thing with the first Witcher game many years ago, and it's good to see that on the PC front, there are still developers out there that care about their customer base and not just their money. And then Z-Goten goes on to provide a link uh, to an overview of the changes via YouTube video. I think this is a, a great shout out. I think it's always important to applaud companies for good customer service and for showing that they clearly care about their customer base as well. Divinity Original Sin. Uh, I played it for a couple hours and truly enjoyed it. And it's gotten a fantastic, fantastic reception. Uh, so encourage you guys to take a look at the enhanced edition of Original Sin. And I too never finished it. And with the voice acting, uh, inserted, I think that makes a big difference. So I'll hopefully be able to check that out as well myself. Sweet. And with that, Brent, we have reached the end of yet another episode of Outlaw Gamer Radio. And as usual, we want to hear what everybody in the audience has to say about everything we talked about today, whether it's Divinity Original Sin, the Transformers figure you will never get, uh, New Eggs Black November sale or Black Friday coming up, Metal Gear Solid 5, Fallout 4, uh, what we think of DLC um, in general, and also selling season passes without details or plans for them. And then of course, what we talked about while hanging out in the garage, the interactive broadcasting features arise the Tomb Raider. Pretty interesting. Uh, Green Man Gaming, not sending out their Battlefront codes for people who have pre-ordered the game until up to 48 hours after the game has released the new xbox one dashboard update let us know your thoughts on that and of course the release of the life is strange limited edition coming out in january 2016 we want to hear your thoughts on those topics and anything related to gaming as usual he is brent adams i am lauren bombgart and remember you don't stop playing because you get old you get old because you stop playing